when people say empathy nowadays, it's always like, you must say empathy for me, you know. Mm. The empathy is like, people. you hope people have empathy for you. Mm. But you also must have empathy for other people. Mm. You must understand why people don't work with you. Mm. Understand why people are not willing to pay for your services. And I think that is very, very, very difficult for a lot of artists and creatives. Yeah. Because we, we do have an ego. It's about letting the, the ego go and see like see things from a more, more rational point of view. Hello everybody, welcome to my show, my show, my show. <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to my podcast. My podcast is about Singapore creative and Singapore creatives in this little island. So today we have Raymond here from the Work Salary Man. Hello. Hello, hello. And then we have Maybell here. Maybell, where are you from? I'm Singaporean lah. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a creative also. So I'm a professional dancer and performer. Yeah. yeah. And... You reaming, no need to say that, huh? Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm actually uh, <laughs> Wiyan's cousin. So uh. that's cool. I see him like doing Chinese New Year and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm also the the co-founder of a personal finance blog called the Work Salary Man. Woohoo! Yeah. Yay! Yay. Clap for myself. Yeah. Proud of you. Thank you. There are people proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Okay. Hey, you you have a question or no? I have the questions also. You okay? Mm. Um, today we are here because we have many questions for you. And let's make this like a dialogue and conversation instead of like an interview. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So, what do you do and for how many years? Yeah, so I, I've run this blog for around five years now. Mm. So, uh, at Wolf Simon, we talk about personal finance topics, but eventually we branch out to like things like economics, mm. psychology, Personal mm. well-being kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, oh my god, did I answer the question? <laughs> What's the question again? I forgot. What do you do and for how many years? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah then, uh, <laughs> so past five years, a we'll, tired. so past past five years works at man. Yeah, I just I just finished ICT. Past yeah. five years works at man. Before that, I worked at Nine Co for one year. Nine mm. Nine Co is the real estate platform. Mm. It's like the smaller property guru but still very cool mm-hmm. shout out to my ex-boss uh, before that I was in advertising for two years mm. and then I was at Mothership for also two to three years mm-hmm. mm. and then before that I was a copywriter for one year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's a pretty short career but maybe also a long career I think r- around 10 years of life in the creative space mm-hmm. ten, 10 years is a lot 10 okay. years is a lot but how do you, did it lead you to start work salary man? Yeah, so I never really asked you all these questions during Chinese New Year. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> he asked me whether I'm married already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, the other question is: Is it financially sustainable for me to give you ang pals when you're not still getting married? <laughs> oh, it's okay lah. You don't give. I mean, you can give two dollars. It's, it's okay. I I would not dollars. judge you. <laughs> oh no. I mean, it's all symbolic, right? That's yes. true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I started work salary man in. 2019 with my co-founder Wei Chun. Mm. So, the beginning idea was to show 
people that, you know, actually boring topics can be done in a mm. very engaging way. Mm. Then the idea was to like kind of use it as a portfolio piece to, to sell brands, you know, either mm. our agency services mm. or training workshops mm-hmm. to how, you know, they could communicate effectively. Mm. Uh, I mean, of course, along the way, uh, things took a turn, you know, mm. uh, we began doing more sponsored content instead. Okay. But, but, but I think I, I started it because I had an interest in personal finance as well. Because, uh, you know, my mom had a stroke in 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so after that, I decided to pursue financial independence mm. earlier. Okay. So there's a great advice in writing. Not not really great. Lah. It's, it's a common advice in creative writing class mm. that people often get. And it's about writing about what you know. Mm. And since I knew a lot about personal finance, I decided to make that the topic. Ah, okay. Yeah. Also because, you know, if you if I wanted to do stuff like travel, news, mm. politics, there are already so many people doing it already. Mm. So it's about carving out a, a niche for yourself as well. Mm. Mm. But what does it mean to you to be creative in everyday life? Well, I think creativity is being able to learn from multiple fields mm. and then kind of seeing how they can all complement each other. So, so for example, right, uh, if I'm creative just, if, if I'm just creative alone, but I do, uh, don't have any knowledge about, let's say, finance mm. or property, then there's a limited amount of things I can create. Yes. Mm. So, for me, creativity is about learning as much as you can and seeing the, the line that cuts across many, many different fields. So, I try to learn everything from, let's say, personal finance to urban planning mm. to more boring stuff like Smart cities, uh, yeah, economics, mm. and maybe even like stuff like uh, geography, natural geography, national geography, history. Mm. Mm. So it's all about like, learning different different fields, and and you see that. Uh, it's very. No, sorry, you can cut out this part. And, and I think once you learn widely, you'll see that there are a lot of opportunities to draw on the different influences. Mm. So for example, I can talk about how personal finance is like climbing a mountain mm. using like technical details from mountaineering, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like, you know, uh, for example, once you cross the 8,000 meter mark, you enter this thing called like the death zone, you know? Mm. Then maybe I could find a way to link that to personal finance. Mm. Mm. Or even stuff like Sun Tzu is out of war, right? Uh, maybe he has a quote, you know, uh, know your enemy, know yourself, and the battle is half won. Ah, I saw this yeah, yeah. morning. Then you could link that to personal finance as well. Mm. So it's all about knowing more things. Mm. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah. So would you say that whatever you have read, you will always draw parallels back to what you do? And it's kind of more relatable to than the audiences? Would that be what it is? I think somewhat. Uh, Not everything will be relatable. Mm. And sometimes the art is seeing whether is the link forced or not. Mm. Yeah, so I think definitely not everything will be relatable, but still, like, the more information you process, the more links that you'll find and the more en- uh, engaging or relatable the content will be. Mm, makes sense, makes sense. Mm. Mm. So how do you overcome common barriers to creativity? Common barriers, uh, like, like, yeah. r- like writer's block. Yeah. Like writer's block. Like creative constipation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Actually, 
I usually just go out and exercise and take my mind off things. Because sometimes I think like when you focus too much on the idea, mm. you fail to see like the the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I, I like to cycle because when I cycle, I kind of like focus on the road only and, and on the bicycle only. So it kind of mm-hmm. forces me to not be distracted. Mm. And I think it brings me to a place of clarity mm. when I do that. Uh. Mm. And of course, there are other common ways like I, I see what other content creators are doing mm. or content creators from a different medium. So for example, we draw comics, right? Mm. Maybe I read like uh, an article, I watch a video. Something is about not looking at the most recent content that people are doing. Maybe it's about looking like what happened 10, 20 years ago. See how people did the content then mm. and then seeing whether you could draw anything from it. So again, it's about what we talked about in creativity as mm. well. Like looking back in the past, mm. seeing whether is there anything <coughs> you can borrow mm. because mm-hmm. nothing is truly original. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. True, yeah. true, true, true. It reminds me of a book that I read called Steal Like an Artist mm. where it basically says that all good ideas are worth stealing and mm. the fact that nothing is original, nothing, everything has been done, it's already been done. So it's about repackaging it and saying it again because it's worth saying it again. Yeah. yeah. Just have you put enough like transformative effort to make sure it's not plagiarism. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a fine line there, right? Yeah. Mm, I have an episode with a filmmaker. He also said the same thing. It's about um, getting what two ideas, three ideas and fuse it and then it becomes a totally brand new idea. Mm. Mm. And if for me, if I have creative constipation, the funny thing is I'll just go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Literally go yeah, to the it's toilet. Like meditation and then you just do what you need to do there and then, hey, I have another idea. Wow. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. I, I'm concerned on how long you're spending in the toilet. <laughs> Quite a fair bit. Uh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently it's not good for the bowels if you stay too long. Yeah. yeah. I'm not doing... What I'm supposed to do. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, that thinking, you know, okay, looking okay. at my Pinterest or Instagram. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Like Fair meditation enough. like that. Fair enough. <laughs> I think for me, if I have like a creative block, I listen to music. So I draw inspirations from music. Or sometimes I would actually uh, like do exercise as well because that's just one way to take the mind off things. But there's something that I also like, funnily enough, um... I kind of forgot what I do now. But it'll come back to me, but I forgot right now. It's in the morning. My brain. This, is it sleep? It's sleep. <laughs> yeah, I just had my breakfast. Yeah, it'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. Okay, the next very important question. Do you have ever... Do you ever have imposter <laughs> syndrome? Well, actually, the, the, the interesting thing is... Uh, at the start, not really. Then now, kind of, a little bit. Why? Because, like, now the page is quite big, right? Uh-huh. Then uh, people start asking us, uh, you know, no, how should I say it? Okay, so in the beginning, let's mm. say we were 20k page, mm. right? I felt like, yeah, you know, uh, this is the level of prominence I'm used to, mm. uh, even outside, like, even when I was a creative, because as a, as a creative copywriter, you win, like, awards, mm. get everything, get mm. some recognition. So I felt like, you know, the 20, 20 to 100k mark, I was like, yeah, you know, it's a... It's alright, you know. It's, it's mm. I I deserve this. Ha, ha, ha. Mm, 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 mm. But then, now that we are going to be like 400, 400k, oh, or like the pitch become very big, mm. then people start to quote us, use us to, uh, as a, a guideline to how to, how to lead, their, lead their lives. Mm. 
Mm. I, I, I start to, you know, get a little bit of imposter syndrome because it's no longer like a niche group of people you're affecting. Mm. You're starting to affect like the mass market. Mm. So sometimes I, I think a lot about what we say and how people feel after that. So yeah, I do get imposter syndrome. Now, Re- so yeah, I think now. So I think most most people in, in uh when they, on on podcast they will say they had in the past, <laughs> then they they found a way to overcome. Mm. So in the past, like I don't have imposter syndrome, mm. but then now you know I start to see you know why people might have imposter syndrome. Okay. Yeah, mm. I'm 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 still overcoming it. Okay. But I think how I, I'm overcoming it is that I'm trying to be more. Uh, how do you say compassionate and em- empathetic whenever we, we write stuff mm. Mm. to know that there are other points of view there are other ways to manage your finances there's other way to progress your career mm. so by doing that we, we are stressing that this is only one way and how we would do it and how it has worked for us mm. but we don't kind of impose it on mm. other people okay okay yeah I mean I'm 34 this year, you know. Mm. I might have achieved like financial freedom. Mm. I mean, but but there are many areas that I have not uh, excelled as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'm not a dad. Yeah, lor. Yeah, some <laughs> many 34 years are dads, right? Yeah, but uh, that one is not. That's that's just a, a, a not a ma- not a must mm. to be a dad. Right? Of course, but I mean, if I wanted to advise on matters, you know, mm. having a child being a good parent, mm. I think you have to acknowledge that uh, what I can provide is limited. Mm. Ah, yeah, true, yeah. true. Maybe I can provide, you know, oh, I wish my dad did this. Did this. So from like a son point of view, mm. but mm. I don't know the challenges of being a, a dad yet and hence, I should not, you know, impose my views on how how, yeah, how yeah. to parent on, on people. Yeah, mm. people will start questioning you mm. about, you're not dad, what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. For me, um, initially I had imposter syndrome, but I, how say it, uh, I didn't really give a fuck really after that because I was so busy with it. Mm. So it kind of go away. But imposter syndrome, I I didn't know how to manage it. I first time I had all these kind of funny funny feelings, mm. and then the shoes or that I was worried, am I good enough? Then it's as I start grinding every day, doing what I need to do, slowly it gets away. And then there are people who tell me that I'm actually impressed by you having this kind of skill set, which if I lost my job, I cannot do anything at all. So I kind of thought like, hey, um, it's how people view me is totally different from how I view myself. Mm. Yeah, Totally. I think imposter syndrome for me manifests in a way where if I'm in a leadership position and I have to share something about like the Singapore dance scene, right? I'm like thinking, who am I to talk about this? Like, I'm just some... Mm. Cre- random creative mm. there'll be other people with better thoughts than I do mm. but then I also believe that there's something that's worth sharing whatever that might be so I kind of fight that imposter syndrome away la. but I still like you said have those funny feelings mm. like my body gets really tight whenever I have to talk about like big ideas or like f- very very heavy topics and I'm like ha who am I to talk about this like why me mm. yeah but I'm still I'm, I'm still fighting I'm still fighting it um, but it's it gets easier because I find that it also comes with a level of like practice and then that gets you confidence and then that confidence then kind of fights the imposter syndrome away. 
Because mm. I think imposter syndrome is like, like the word imposter, right? You feel like you're 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 pretending to be somebody. Mm. Yeah. So the more you ca- I find that the more I practice that competency, it kind of goes away. Mm. Yeah. It, yeah, I think it. It, it comes and goes, right? So, mm, I mean, yeah, this isn't yeah. the first time I got imposter syndrome. I remember, like, the first time I got it was when I was in NS. Mm. <laughs> when I was a very, very junior officer. Mm. Then I have to enter unit, lead people who have more experience than me. Mm. I think that's the first time I got imposter syndrome. Stress, man. Yeah, stress, right? Mm. Now, now I realise that uh, military leadership is probably, like, one of the hardest things people can do because you're leading people who especially in Singapore, like, do not want to be there, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, when you start a company, people want to be there, you mm. know, they can quit. Mm, correct. Yeah, so, I mean, just as what uh, Maybell said, right? Mm. You just have to keep improving yourself so that you can overcome that, uh, focus on that instead of, you know, the mm. fear of self that all the time. Mm. Yeah. So, where do you get your ideas from? Yeah, so, uh, because we talk a lot about personal finance, economics, mm mental well-being, that kind of stuff. How I usually look for content is that I go on Facebook, I look at a viral post or, or Instagram. I see, uh, I, I look for comments I disagree with mm. that have a lot of like upvotes. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, yeah, there, there's a blip in the system here, you know. Mm. Some people <laughs> are not seeing it from mm. this point of view. Mm. Uh, and especially so if this point of view is something that I've I've experienced before. Mm. So for example, if I go read a post about let's say a lot of foreigners coming to Singapore, then I see a post saying like, oh no, Singapore open legs to foreigners. Mm. Just just fucking us. Mm. Then I will just write something about how I feel how I used to feel this way mm. and how people can perceive the the whole thing. Mm. But I think the trick is always to be empathetic. Mm. And I feel like I can be empathetic because I have been in that position before Mm. of being a very angry, disgruntled, confused young adult. Mm. So what I try is to do the mental untangling Mm. so that they feel less angry, less Mm -hmm. bitter. Mm. And once they know like how the world operates, Mm. they will know how to then they can take actionable steps mm. to actually change and improve their lives for the better. Because mm. if not, they'll just be shaking their fists like at the world, right? Like, oh my god, the world is so terrible. Mm. People should do this, people should do that. But then, that's where it ends, right? Just people yeah. should do something. But they never really do anything. Mm. Mm. It's like pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you life coach ready lah. <laughs> no, la, no, la, no. La. <laughs> yeah, but I think sometimes I also... Uh, draw from fields that quite unexpected. For example, Buddhism. Mm. Right? I think there's a lot we can learn from ancient wisdom. Mm. People like uh Marcus Aurelius, mm. Buddha, mm. Jesus. Yoda. Yeah, maybe Yoda. <laughs> Yoda. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of them say say wise things. Yeah. And it's about repackaging the message mm. for the modern era. Mm. Yeah. I, I think the Bible says something like and I'm I'm not Christian. Uh. Yeah. Like, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. Buddha says that happiness is from within. Mm. Self-contentment is, like, actually the, the secret to living a good life. Mm. And all these things are stuff that people already know, like, 3,000 years ago. Yep. Mm. Okay, maybe not 3,000, like, maybe 1,000 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> and they are still very relevant today. So yeah, often yeah. I look at, at history to see mm. what can be reused again. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, other times, uh, I mean, there's another quote by Mark Twain, you know, uh, history seldom repeats itself, but it rhymes. Yes. Mm. So, when I want people to think about how to approach uh, tough times like recession, periods of high inflation, mm. or even like good times like the COVID, mm. COVID years where investments are doing well, mm. you can look at the past to see stuff like uh, Asian economic crisis, Japan asset bubble of the 1980s and 90s. So by learning from the past, we can we can see kind of like a guide to how to lead the future. Not like 100%, mm. but maybe 80%. Because mm. the, the events are kind of like the same, just that the players are different. Mm. There's been war before, there's been uh, stagflation before. Mm. It's just about seeing how people responded and what you can learn from them. Okay. Mm. So how do you respond to social media comments? You know, nowadays social media, mm, mm, mm. there are a lot of people that type before they think. Of course, <laughs> of course. I think uh, I still read the comments, mm. although I try to read less. Mm. Uh, in the past, I will reply every single DM that they come in. And, wow. and, and I don't know how I did it. Because we, in the past, it's like when we were 200k page. I think, but eventually, wow. it just became... <laughs> Uh, very draining, you know. Yes. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it it took a hit on like my I I, I it affected my mental health lah. Mm. So I I stopped <laughs> so doing surprised. it. Yeah, because every day got like twenty people, either they they ask questions, mm. then like after you answer they, they they are like oh no thank you no goodbye, they just say like oh you you know what I mean they kind of yeah, treat you like a chatbot. I, I, I have mm. it also. I have it also. Yeah, like uh. What do you think I should invest in? Then I answer a, a very long detailed answer and mm. then they just they just blue tick me. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, I know it's like a petty thing and probably like the person on the other end doesn't feel that they are doing like a a quite thing or like yeah, a, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. But if it like if it happens over like fifty messages a day, it mm. kinda grinds down on you. It takes it a lot of effort. It does. Though. Yeah. It's so, like you're serving everyone. Yeah, yeah, because I, I felt like you know that time was COVID. Mm. And then people uh, didn't know what to do with their finances. Mm. There were a lot of like crypto bros and I'm not mm. sure whether you noticed like a lot of normal lifestyle influencers mm. started to talk about investing. Yes, which they have no knowledge about yeah. but they talk about it. So yeah. I felt like we needed to be there to make sure people didn't like fuck it up too badly. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. True, true. So I did that tr- throughout the pandemic. Became very burnt out. Then nowadays I don't reply DM as much. Mm. Uh, but... but uh-huh. But I will look at comments and see if there are any comments that are intelligent and I'll respond to that. Mm. Yeah. I think the, the guideline is like seeing... Uh, no, the, the guideline is that you can uh, disagree with our page, yeah. but you disagree in a way that is polite and, and civil. So do you ban people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ban people. I believe like in the LKY page because like the, the on the LKY way, like, because on my page it's not a democracy. Mm. Right? I choose what to... I choose what kind of opinions that, I'm sorry, I choose what kind of behavior I want to mm. uh, encourage. Yeah, I mean, it's okay to have different opinions. Mm. You just say it nicely. So I think some comments, let's say they, uh, they attack like our credibility mm. or, or our by uh, like uh, how you say like our own, say that like we have our own personal agenda or like we are greedy mm. or like we are dishonest mm. without substantiating. Mm. Uh, I'll just delete and probably ban those. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I, I just because uh, even though people might think like, oh, bah, it's so petty, mm. 
you know, for Lord Sandman to kind of ban people. But it kind of affects your mental health so much. Yeah. Yes. And let's say if it's only 10% of the people, you know, being assholes, mm. then what about 90%? What if my mental health gets affected that I stop creating content for the remaining 90%? Mm, 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 right? Mm. And ultimately, I want to serve people that appreciate our content. Mm-hmm. So, if you were just here to leave like bad juju, mm. then you... and Bad juju and in a very like toxic way. Yep. Then you can just leave lah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. in your power to, to control. Yeah. It's good that you know that you have this power. I think one thing I I, I, I learned, because people always say that there's no freedom of speech, let's say like if, mm. if you ban someone. Mm. Freedom of speech is only guaranteed, right? Mm. From governments to people. Mm. And given that we are not a government, yes, I don't need to deal <laughs> with freedom of speech. Mm. Of course, I will encourage meaningful, thoughtful discourse. Mm. You can disagree, but you have an intelligent remark. Mm. We will even say like, oh no, oh yeah, we didn't consider that point of view. Thank you. Mm. Mm. We don't need to be right 100% of the time. But if we do it in a way that is disingenuous, mm. then we will exercise our full rights to, to ban you. Correct. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah makes sense. Because, <laughs> you know that uh, Kit Chan song yesterday? Launched. Oh, this is home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I already read some st- stupid comments. <laughs> Oh, oh, she's milking the song. And I was thinking like, she's milking the song. Uh. Did she go to the house to demand money or you had got mon- no money for Spotify? <laughs> 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 so my dear sir, if you are hearing this, I hope you pay for Spotify premium. Then you don't need the ads and no one is milking you. It's your choice. <laughs> yeah, I think whatever you do, people will not be happy. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, you can never I, please. I like this comic called like Attack on Titan. Uh-huh. Oh, love it. Yeah. I I think it's one of like the most masterful storytelling ever done in yes. the last 10 years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Better than Game of Thrones, which ended mm. very badly. Mm. But even that one got a lot of haters. Mm. So I think we just have to accept that. I mean, if you want to be a creative and if you want to put mm. yourself out there, you just have to accept that there will be haters. Yes. Mm. Uh, Let's say I am impacting one person. Mm. My work impacts one person. It's likely there won't be haters. Because mm. maybe like, 20% of one person is, is zero people. Mm. But if you want to reach like 1,000 people or 100,000 people, 4 mm. million people, you have to accept that some of them will dislike you. Mm. Yeah, And I think that is the cause of putting yourself out there. Mm. Mm. But you have to come up with content and doing things um, in a way that you know that you're doing it for yourself rather mm. than for everyone of course. to satisfy everyone. Yeah. Or yeah. Else you will suffer in the end. So I mean, for our page... The the easy thing for us to do is to put like very populist content out there. Mm. <laughs> populist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we know what kind of content does uh, well. Uh. If mm. you say you hate your boss, your boss exploiting you. Mm. When you say like, you know, uh, if you st- say stuff like uh, workers are being bullied, mm. you are being bullied, there's mm. nothing wrong with your life. No, and like not, nothing in the world is your fault everything is someone else's fault mm. this style of content usually does very very well mm. and we've seen other content creators you know go viral mm. with a lot of stuff like that mm. but for us we are we pride ourselves on being the people who are your good friend you know mm. a good friend is someone that tells you the truth mm. even if it's even if it might if it might risk the friendship Mm. So even though we risk like getting unfollowed by a lot of people, and sometimes mm. they say, "Oh, I'm I'm following now," mm. 
uh, we just do it. Lah. Mm. I think our hope is that in the long run, we'll create an audience that is able to see multiple points of view mm. rather than just falling prey to confirmation bias. Mm. You mm. see this mm. one, you disagree one time, you unfollow, you don't like. Mm. We don't want that sort of person. Mm. Ah, yeah, okay. we want people who... Just a true follower. Yeah, yeah. We, we want people who 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 be like, okay, I, I have this point of view. Okay, I learned this new point of view. Mm. And, and they try to hold both of them at the same time. I think that's the mark of an intelligent audience. Mm. Yes. And I think intelligent audience are worth a lot more than uh hee hee ha ha audience. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm. One day you post something they don't like, they all, they all unfollow you. Mm. Then. So that's I how I think I your content about. is deep for those that create content that um, like what you say those content creator like um, the problem with uh, is with everybody else those content that goes very popular they are wide mm. but your content is different it's like really deep and with a lot of information mm. Mm. It's, it's interesting because like your content is already a funnel to filter audiences. So exactly. in, in a way, there's only a certain demographic of people that can engage up to a certain extent. Yep. But if you go beyond and deeper, then some people are like, oh my God, I cannot follow this, right? Yeah, yeah it's actually very interesting. So sometimes we have a disclaimer saying that, warning, ah. this content <laughs> might reach you because of an algorithm beyond our choosing. Yeah. Ah. yeah. So it's all about your audience. Who, who do you want to reach out to? Mm. Right? Mm. And I think that is a very important thing when you want to mm. create Mm. anything so normally when you create your content do you have a particular person in mind that you're writing to or is it like for general for yourself or is it for I think it depends sometimes I suspect you write about me oh is it (laughs) (laughs) which which post which post I don't know like some side hustle thing one like Maybe this year about some side hustle content or maybe like thinking like a business I actually replied inside I you writing about me? <laughs> <laughs> In the picture. Yeah, I think a lot of time is writing to my, my past self. Uh. So, I mean, mm. I, I mentioned earlier, I was a very angry 20-something-year-old, uh. very disillusioned. Uh. So, I'm trying to accelerate this process for other people mm. to make them less angry, less disillusioned. Let's get all on the same page so that we can improve lives for ourselves, for mm. our society. Mm. Uh, I mean, other times, yeah, like, like I mentioned, I just see a stupid comment online. I'm like... This person needs to be. No, I no, I, I, I want to say educated, but I sound very high and mighty. So maybe it's like this person needs to see another point of view. Mm. Needs more perspective. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I was gonna say I I was uh I think about three years ago I came across one of your posts about renting mm. like. Like, oh, if I'm a 25-year-old and I want to move out of my parents' place and yeah, I want to yeah, rent, right? Yeah. And then obviously, Singapore is so fucking expensive to even, like, consider renting. And I was, like, looking at your post. I felt so hurt. I was like, oh, my God, this person understands the struggle. And, like, a lot of other relatable yeah. posts. Yeah. I mean, uh, part of it is to have a lot of life experiences. Mm. I, think, I don't think you can be a creative if you sit in the room all the time. Mm. You should go out there, get hurt by the world get beaten up, get shouted at, yep. work in, work odd jobs. Mm. Yeah. Harden work, the fuck up. Yeah. Work, <laughs> work in service industry. Yep. Try to run a place by your own. Mm. Try to run a business. Then you have all these experiences. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I I think the piece was about moving out and, and renting, right? Yeah, I think that piece did, did very well. Mm. And I think like it came at a time before COVID. So it was quite a unusual thing to do then. Mm. I think now it's becoming more common. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not sure whether we 
we normalize it for Singaporeans because nowadays a lot more young people rent. So sometimes I also think like, oh yeah, we normalize this renting thing. Mm. Then COVID happened, rent started to increase. I wonder whether they, a lot of people regret moving out from their parents' home. Mm. Yeah. But of course, like, I think moving out, it, it's not always moving out just to rent like, yeah. without con- thinking of the consequences as well. Mm-hmm. Just to let people know that this is a possibility. If you want, you don't need to live with your parents until you're 35, buy HDB. Mm. You can do this thing as well. But of course, you do not need to do it. Mm. Yeah. It's like presenting an, an, an alternative. La. Yeah, yeah makes, makes a lot of sense. Mm. I, I think Singaporeans need more uh, alternative... Okay, more people doing more... Sorry, no. How should I say it? I think Singaporeans need more narratives that are alternative. Mm. Think the typical thing is like, you know, go to school, do our PSRE, then O-levels, then go JC, then get a good job at MNC, right? Now that you work there for 40 years, you know, maybe have kids sometime mm. at 28, uh, at some point buy a second property. So I think that's like the roadmap for Singaporeans. I, I, I think that is not bad, but for everyone to follow it, it's not always good. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I have a side hustle. Mm. I cannot sit down there in an office and keep on uh, slog and slog. Yeah. Because my parents also work in MNCs and I see the way they work and I'm like, no. Like I knew from a very young age, I'm not the kind to sit in the office. I need to get moving. Mm. Yeah. And the important thing is to let letting people know like you want to sit in office, it's good, right? You do not want to sit in office, it's also good. Mm. It's all about making it work for you. And I think that is part of being creative as well. Like, yeah. Realizing that there are different different uh, life choice. Mm. When, when I studied in Australia, I met people who, I think they worked three or four jobs at once. Mm. Let's say they were a bouncer for a strip club. Mm. They also, you know, do gardening. They're also Uber driver. Mm. I think that, that, was that, that was when I realized that actually you do not need one job all the way. You can do like multiple things and you can still be successful. Mm. Mm. Yes. Mm. Then it boils down to the question of what success means to you, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think what success means to me is like having the the, the freedom to choose on what you want, you, how you want to spend your time. Uh, the most important resource people have is, is time. La, because mm. we all have a finite amount of it. Mm. And uh, when you work at a job, you, you are trading hours of your life to get money. Mm. But if you can reach a point where you can just be free, mm. uh, to do what you want to do, mm. I think that is success. And I think, in that sense, you do not need a lot of money to be successful. Mm. I mean, some people, let's say they run like, billion dollar companies, mm. but they are busy all the time, and they don't choose to be there. Yep. Mm. Uh, I don't think that is successful. Mm. But I think, let's say you, uh, let's say you spend, 24k a year, mm. but you have investments that can kind of cover that. Mm and you have made it work for you and so that you free up your time to do the things that you love, mm-hmm. whether it's spend time with family, travel, mm. uh, pick up a new hobby, mm. I think that's success. Because I think if we follow the conventional idea of success, mm. which is to be wealthier than your neighbour or other segment, mm. segments mm. of society, it's very hard for a Singaporean to be successful. Mm. Because we are wealth hub, right? Mm. We're going to attract like billionaires and multi-millionaires here. Mm. Then, if you compare your life with them, with gen- with like generational wealth, they started a business from other countries, then how are you going to be successful in that way? Mm. It's it's challenging. 
So you must find your own success. Mm. For me, my own success, I go by my core desire, which is freedom. So in I don't have any like I don't believe in um, yearly what you call that resolution mm. whatever shit it is. So whatever brings me um, in this term of freedom, I will think that is success. For because it's so wide, right? <coughs> freedom. So like my current job now, it gives me freedom to have a little bit of side hustle, and I can even come and do this podcast. Mm. To me, it's freedom. I think that is success also, and I have time to spend on my family and ride a bike or whatever. Mm. And compared to my previous job, which I don't have any freedom at all, mm. I think now coming back to here this this current one, I think that is success for me. I don't need like a million dollars in my bank account. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about it. I was having a discussion with my friends, and we were saying that hey, uh. Uh, a lack of something plus a surplus of something is also a problem. So say for some people, they want to work towards wealth, right? But there's only so much wealth that someone can handle responsibly. And then once you pass that point, then you have a different problem. Like, okay, I've got so much money, what do I do with it? Mm. Yeah, so I think on, on every end, there is, a, there, is a, there is a conundrum. Then it's about, okay, what, like, how much can I handle responsibly that allows me to do what I want? But also not to worry too much about you know tomorrow or the future. Mm. I think if your friends handle money responsibly, they should read our blog. <laughs> 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 yeah. They actually do read your blog. They actually they actually send me some questions to ask you. As oh, well. nice! I yeah, can, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I can answer them later. Yes, nice, nice. Yeah, I think success can also be things like you know I I've been trying mountain biking. I'm trying to lift my front wheel to do a wheelie. Have I mean, done it yet? I haven't done. I mean, I, I can do for like a few seconds now, lah. But I mean, when I did it for a few seconds, I felt like, oh shit, this is a success. Nice. Yeah, right. Or let's say I ride road bike, right? Then I go above 40 kilometers per hour mm. for over, let's say, one minute. Yeah, that is success also. Yeah, yeah, Very true, nice. True. Entrepreneurs often wear multiple hats and handle various tasks. How we manage? Uh, so at the World Series, man, I am yeah. the writer. Mm. So that's the creative role. Uh, I'm are also you the Assam, the maid also? Uh, <laughs> no, no, the maid clean the office. No, <laughs> Wei Chun usually clean the office. Hey, thank you, Wei Chun. Hey, <laughs> I, I've, I've taken you for granted. Uh, I'm very embarrassed to say this, yeah. But yeah, he he, he does most of the cleaning office stuff. Okay, but I handle <laughs> the business stuff. So I, I network, I get clients. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, the biggest struggle probably when running my business is... Uh, Balancing the sponsor's interests, mm. our audience interests, and our own interests. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes, even though the money is good, mm. we might turn stuff down. Mm. Mm. I think during, during crypto, there were a few, you know, the crypto boom 2021. Mm. I think there were crypto platforms that wanted to pay us like high five digits to talk about cryptocurrency and why is the future. Mm. Yeah, we we, t- we turned them down. Mm. Why? Because we felt like it was too risky for our audience mm. and we mm. didn't want to be too bullish on it in an environment where everyone is so hyped up about it, right? Mm. And because people perceive us as a more conservative traditional page, if we put it, put it out to people, what would the audience think? Mm. They will think, wow, 
even woke Samuel endorse it. I go buy crypto. I go all in on crypto. Mm, uh, in on that front, it was very painful to turn down money, lah. Right. Mm. I could have been many times richer by now, mm. but but it's worth it. I think it's worth it mm. because for us, the page is not just a business; it's also a reflection of our values and how we want society to to change. Mm. Mm. So there are often times you have to put down, put away money to stand for your values. And I think that is probably the the biggest challenge when it comes to wearing multiple hats. Mm. Sometimes uh, the topic is also very unpopular. Then I have to ask my team, you know, well, the topic, topic is very important. Mm. Uh, I think people will benefit from this. But it will probably do poorly compared to, let's say, uh, a post about blaming your boss. Mm. Right? Uh we have to put on either like our business hat, our audience hat, or like the work ceremony, you know, content creator hat mm. to see what is the right content to publish. Mm. Yeah. What about the algorithm? Do you trust the algorithm or trust on your own content more? You know, sometimes the algorithm keep on changing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, recently social media has a lot of algorithm changes or so. Mm-hmm. It affects who gets to see our stuff organically. Mm. I think algorithms are the dominant way that people get their their content. Mm. But we try not to play into that. Mm. Because I think that's the problem with social media. Mm. If you keep trying to create content that is trending mm. or viral just to chase the algorithm, then you lose sight on being like a true creative. Mm. You're just following what the Zuckerbergs Mm. Of the world one, yeah, and uh, so you're not gonna feed him. <laughs> I mean, actually, we're we're very grateful for Zuckerberg because he let us use the platform for free. Yeah, mm. yeah. Without him, we can't reach like you know four or five million people. Mm. So we're really damn grateful. Mm. But I mean, we have our own take on things, uh, mm. and we don't wanna just follow blindly. Mm. Okay. Mm. So what was the most recent? post that was released but you felt that it was controversial that you needed to ask your team about controversial I think we published one one piece about why it's useless to feel bitter about rich kids well I think that one had a lot of uh, unhappy people <laughs> mm. I even saw someone go create like a small Instagram account called like the Unwoke Salary Man then they created a post to what? counter Serious? counter all the points <laughs> I just look at it I was like Oh man, I I, man. I have wasted this guy's time, and you know, mm. I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the unwork what? The unwork salary, man. Hey, but don't don't endorse it. No, 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 don't, no, no. Don't, don't no, encourage no, no. it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just All curious. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I want to shout out to this guy. Uh, why you spend so much time and effort to do all this? <laughs> he know? felt motivated to do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I mean, you could have just take the effort and then start your own company and get an artist and do something about it rather than... Mm. <laughs> I don't think the the piece was perceived like uh, very negatively mm. because... Okay, not, not, not very negatively because overall the piece did well, mm. right? I think it has like, I don't know, 17k... Likes or something, which is not bad. I feel. Mm. Uh, it's just that the comments were more heated than usual. Mm. Mm. So the comments were about 
kind of saying like, you know, we have very valid reasons for disliking rich people who have intergenerational wealth. Mm. And you cannot ignore, you know, uh, the advantages that rich kids have la, mm. over the average yeah, person. Yeah, they mm. do have. Yeah. Mm. But the thing is that the post never <laughs> never say that, right? Mm. It just says that, oh, you know, uh, the life of wealthy kids, you know, might not be as rosy as it seems. Mm. You still have a right to to dislike them. You can do whatever fuck shit you want to do. Mm. But end of the day, you don't feel bitter about them because that's the most crippling thing. Yes. Mm. You will just... I mean, I've seen like, you know, uh, no, I'm, of course, everyone take Grab before, right? Mm. There's always like an angry Grab driver, mm. very bitter at the world. I just don't want people to be like that, you know what I mean? Mm. It's okay mm. to acknowledge uh, rich people's privilege. It's okay to feel salty for a while about mm. generational wealth, mm. but you can't let it consume you. And I think that was the main message. Mm. But I think sometimes the internet takes what you say and kind of twist it in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, I've, I've been guilty of that before, you know, mm. as, as like a as like a young 20-something-year-old last time. I look at comments that I straight away like, wow, fuck this guy, you know. He's trying to say this thing that I disagree with mm. without reading like the full thing. Mm. So when people really have a preconceived notion of how they want to uh, consume the content, mm. it often leads to very uh, heated comments. Mm-hmm. In, in, mm-hmm. in Buddhism... Should I talk about Buddhism again? again. Sure. Yeah, in Buddhism, I think my friend taught me that there are three kinds of... This is concept of like three faulty vessels. Mm. And vessels are supposed to be people. Mm. So there are three types of vessels. Mm. So one vessel is like, you pour, you pour inside, pour, pour in one year, it goes out the other year. Mm. So they process the information, but they don't actually put it into practice. Mm. That is one, one type of mm. faulty vessel. The other one is that the vessel has holes in them. So you pour the knowledge into them. Mm-hmm you slowly start to to drip out over the long term. Mm. The the last the last type of vessel is the vessel is upside down. So imagine an upside down pail. Mm. Mm. No matter how much water you pour in it, it will never fill. Mm. So I think when people have preconceived notions, they are kind of like being the third vessel. Mm. The third vessel. Mm. So yeah, I think that's how I, how how we try to see it. Huh? Interesting. Interesting. I'm more interested in the guy who spends so much effort. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you uh collaborated with other organizations and artists? And if you do, right, I'm curious about what your criteria or metrics are when you work with other people. Wow, other type of artists, like you mean, like a like say if you have a collab yeah. with. X organization yep. and you wa- you guys want to put out a post, oh, right? Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So I mean, we do a lot of sponsored content. So mm. I think that's how we get most of our revenue. I think like the first and foremost principle is that we have to like the message that they're trying to say. Mm. So that that comes first. Secondly, is like, is it good for our audience? Will our audience like it? Mm. So it's like three points really. Yeah. One is, do we agree with it? Is, is it good for our audience? Mm. Does our audience like it? Mm. Then comes in like, the sponsor, you know, are, are they someone we want to work with? Mm. And then, like, can they pay us? Mm. So I think these are probably, like, the the five five things that we, we look out for. Mm. Uh, oftentimes, this means we have to turn away most of our work. So even, they, even though you might look at our our page, right, then you see, like, well, like, 50% is sponsored. Mm. So you're seeing, like, maybe 
30% of the stuff we actually take on. Ah, okay. Yeah. So how, how our team works is that we are a very team, a small team of four people. So we can't put out content every day. Mm. Like we can't put out like five posts a day. And because each content requires like so much thinking. Yes. Mm. <laughs> if I had to put out five pieces of content a day, I think I will have a stroke like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be brain fried. Yeah. That's a little brain fried. Yeah, so we publish like maybe twice a week. Mm. And because of this, we are limited in what we can do. Mm. On how much content we can do also. How many partners we can work with. So sometimes when a partner like works with us halfway and then us, or we feel like the content goes against our values, we have to abandon that project. Mm. That is particularly painful because like it could have been another project. So we have to be very selective when choosing our clients. You curate your client list listing. Of course, like, I mean you cannot just take on yeah. everyone Tell that approaches you, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean you can take take on for a while, you'll be you have a good one year, but eventually people will lose trust in you also. Mm. So, our thinking is always long term, you know. Uh, do you want to be like, uh, you know, very hot stuff for maybe one year mm. and a half? Or do you want to be like a, a constant presence that can... Or do you want a brand that is like durable mm. enough to last through like the, the highs and lows? Mm. So, mm. so, I think one thing that which you and I both have is that we don't spend a lot of money. We are huge savers. Mm. So even if we don't do sponsored content for like one year, it's okay. Mm. That way we can turn down clients. Because mm. sometimes, I mean, as a creative, you know, sometimes mm. clients just want their way. Yes. But as people who have saved money <laughs> and uh, also have a lot of clients, mm. we can say no. Mm. And I think saying no is a very important part of success yep so when people want us to say things we, do, we don't want to say we can say no when people want to lowball us mm. we can say no mm. when people want, don't want to pay us mm. we can threaten lawsuit because mm. we have the money to threaten lawsuit because mm. we're not like your regular creative who just let it slide right mm. you know like if you mess with us that there will be consequences mm. yeah Okay, if everything is optional in your career, what will you do instead? Everything is optional. I'll probably continue what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's very fun and meaningful for me. Uh-huh. Uh, which in a way says like, this is our ikigai. Mm. Right? Like, it's a fun thing we enjoy doing. Mm. Uh, it makes money. Mm. Uh, although that's not the correct mm. <laughs> Japanese ikigai. Mm. It's like a, a Western ikigai yeah, concept. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah, I'll probably be doing this. Uh, maybe I will do this like remotely. I guess I want to spend a year like living outside of Singapore. Mm. Maybe Taiwan, mm. Japan, mm. even China, which I feel like a lot of interesting things are happening at at the moment. Yes. Then mm. so, what advice would you give to aspiring artists who wants to use creative skills to address social issues? I think, okay, so for myself, I have a degree in sociology, right? Actually, it's criminology, but I mean, there's a lot of overlap with sociology. Mm. Then I go study like the finance or economics part also Mm. on my own. So I think to be able to put out useful content, you should study both fields. Because social issues and... 
Sorry, let me say it again. If you approach things from a very uh, ad- idealistic point of view, mm. or like, this is how the world should be, then often it's not practical. It's very hard to make that one big jump to the ideal world that you want. Yeah, there's no ideal world. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying don't build the ideal world. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you, you, you can build it, but you should understand the steps needed to get there. Yep. Mm. If not, the ideal world is not happening. Mm. And how do you do that? You study, study economics, you study politics, you study history. Then you can enact the change you want to do. Mm-hmm. If not, it's just you doing your things in the vacuum without uh, ignoring like the world. Mm. And I feel like sometimes that is self-centeredness, which is not always good for yourself. Mm. Because often, uh, it, often the value you can provide to society is more important than what you think you can provide. I think, I think that's the true test. You put out your work, are people willing to pay for it? Mm. Mm. If they're not, then I, I guess it's, your work is art, lah, right? That maybe people don't want to pay for. Then, <laughs> If it is, then you can make it a sustainable thing. Mm. Uh, my friend has this story that, you know, uh, he was very angry last time that he tried to apply for grants from from Singapore government, mm. but they didn't give him. Doubt <laughs> that. Only later in life he realized like, well actually, not bad. Huh? You can apply for a grant because normal artists elsewhere they would have to strike it out on the free market. Mm. Mm. Right. They they do their work without expecting like uh, a backup plan from the government mm. to, yeah. to 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 give them grant. Mm. So I think that is the 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 tough truth that many creatives have have to have to understand. Mm, I recently went through this phase also mm. where um, there were like verbal promises or not say promises like, like um, oh I'll give you a slot um, I'm going to work this with you but it never came. Mm. And I came to realise that number one um, my brand is not big enough. Mm. Number two I shouldn't have expectations of such things. It's all about myself. And uh, I do for what I love and not for them. Mm. That's the main main thing. So whether they give me a slot or want to collab or not, it's just extra for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think what I found best is like you often focus on yourself. Yes. So I mean, we have clients that turn us down when we were a small page. Mm. <laughs> then, now we are a big page or then they will come to us. Mm. I mean, I understand their point of view also, right? Mm. You small page, untested. Who want to work with you? You know what I mean? The risk is so high. Mm. Uh, maybe the reach is also not great. Mm. So we're like, yeah, we get it. So it's about having empathy for other people. Mm. When people say empathy nowadays, it's always like, you must say empathy for me, you know? Mm. The empathy is like, people. you hope people have empathy for you. Mm. But you also must have empathy for other people. Mm. You must understand why people don't work with you. Mm. Understand why people are not willing to pay for your services. And I think that is very, very, very difficult for mm. a lot of artists yeah. and creatives lah. Yep. Because yeah. we, we do have an ego. Mm. It's about letting that the ego go and see like see things from a more, more rational point of view. Mm. I think that's my advice to most young artists. Or mm. old, old artists also can. Oh. Because <laughs> young or old doesn't mean, you know... Yeah, that's true. Are, that's true, that's true. Right? It's all the same. It's yeah. all the same yeah. thing. No, okay, just to satisfy my old curiosity also, why the work salary, Ben? Mm. Like, what, what do you mean? The name, is it? Ah. So, a lot of people will say like the word work comes from like the... The American like woke uh, culture, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think for us, I mean, uh, 
I often speak to people in their 40s and 50s. One thing they say is like, wow, you know, I wish I woke up sooner, man. You know oh. what I mean? So, our the word woke in our context means is is that lah. Mm. In the local context. Mm. Although like, there are some parallels between this woke and the other woke mm. in the US. Because it's all about being like socially aware. Mm. And I think in general, compared to other personal finance page, we do try to take into account the impact of personal finance or finances mm. or economics on society. Mm. So in a way, if people want to call us by that second definition, mm. eh, that's okay also. As long as they... Not as long. Like, I mean, and and there's a chance they might feel offended by it. But, uh, yeah, don't like that. Like. You cut, <laughs> can, can have cut empathy, us, have empathy. Can, can cut us some slack, you know. Like, <laughs> have uh, empathy. Just cut us some slack. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, what's what's your hopes and aspirations for the future for Works Alive? I think in the future if we become an international page, that would be quite cool. We can mm. go global. Mm. I think uh Singapore market is very, very small. Mm. It'll be interesting to see our work reach like a regional or maybe even international stage. Has mm. has it reached there yet so far? Uh, sometimes we have posts that uh Go crazy viral. Mm. Got people in Trinidad and Tobago, you know that. Dang. Also read it sometimes. Sometimes Nigerian people will share it on LinkedIn. Oh, uh, must be African prince. <laughs> 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 yeah, so uh, who knows, maybe in the future, we might be able to find a way to reach out to these people consistently. Mm. Uh, I remember when I was in Poly, studying mass comm in, in Nian. Mm. I think... There was once a guy who said, like, oh, Singaporeans, uh, like, artists, whatever, like, cannot make it. Mm. You know, and, and I always felt, like, a bit sad mm. that mm. people would think that. Mm. So I think if a Singaporean brand can become an international brand, at least, like, a, a media company, I think that would be a picture of success to us. Mm. I think what I found is that a lot of our stories resonate with many young people living in big cities around the world. Yes. So someone in, let's say, Toronto, Melbourne, Jakarta, mm. Tokyo, Osaka, mm. right? They might find all of these, they, they might find our content very relevant. Yeah. Right? So I do think there's potential there. Mm. What are some unique challenges do you face yeah. creating in Singapore? I think, so for works, I mean, we're quite fortunate because we, ha- I feel like we are, we have a good trinity. The trinity mm. is, uh, it's finance. People are interested in it. Brands are willing to pay for it. Mm. And then we are interested in it also. Mm. I think that is very dif- different for a lot of other content. Yeah. The problem with the Singapore market is that it's just too small. Mm. And uh, the people willing to pay for content is just too little. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure whether it's a culture thing or whatever because, you know, uh, it's not like that in many developed countries mm. like the US. Mm. But it could also be that the US market is just so big. Yeah, it's super big. That even if there are 10% of people paying, you can yeah. find a way to run a subscription-based yeah. business model and mm. that could work for you. Yeah. Mm. Even, yeah. Uh, you're saying. For, for Singapore, it's just very small. People are not used to paying. Mm. I think uh, we are very grateful for the people who, you know, give money to our patrons. Super mm. grateful. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, but, we shouldn't expect most of the people to pay. La. And this is also true for regional Southeast Asia as well. Mm. I think a big reason is economic uh, power. Uh, I mean, we a- Asia is not a very rich continent, you know, mm. 50 years ago. 
it took us like a very long and hard way to get to the wealth we, we have today. Hmm. So it, for me, it kind of makes sense that a lot of people are not willing to pay for art. Mm. Right? Because, you know, for a lot of Western countries, they have long histories of colonizing other people. Some of them, you know, mm. had slaves. Yes. Mm. So they are very wealthy mm. uh, compared to the more mm. poorer countries. Yeah. So I think sometimes as an artist or as a creative, I also make sure that I don't I don't feel entitled that people have to pay for me. Mm. Right? It's up it's up for me to up to me to find like a business model that works for mm. the geograph- geographical geographical re- uh region that we are in. Mm. It's not good to always think of oh if, if only I could do it like a Western artist, a Western artist. Mm. But the Western artist has advantages that you do not. Yes. Yeah the advantages of mm. history, mm. of uh economic, you know, power yep. from from their own country. Mm. So it's unfair to judge yourself mm. that way. Mm. Even for me, um, custom shoes, sneakers, um, in Singapore, there's not much. Mm. I think the sneaker heads, uh, their culture is more of like they want to buy off the websites or cop for it mm. when they use bots to, to buy uh, the shoes mm. or, or resale market. Um Doing all these sneakers all the while, I realized that uh, the most popular one will be from US, where they have really professional artists, which cost like eight hundred dollars. Mm. It's not in- including the sh- price of the shoe. Yeah, and there's a huge market there, and it can go up to even like a uh, thousand or three thousand dollars. U- I'm, I'm talking about USD here, but definitely, um, no one will be paying this price here. Mm. And I have instances where people telling me that uh, why, <laughs> like cycling shoe, well, you have the price of the art is more expensive than the, the uh, that, of the shoe. Yeah. Then it's like, then what do you want me to do? Charge you a hundred dollars? I I can't do that one mm. because it's really, um, it's not worth it. Uh, and they of don't course. understand that um, the man hours to yep. even prep the shoes and yeah. all that. So yeah, that's that's the mentality of uh in local context. Mm. Mm. I, I won't say it's like a, a bad thing. It's just how how our society evolved. Mm. So, uh, yeah. sometimes it's about having empathy for them also. I just hope that, you know, yeah, they have yeah, empathy yeah. for us also. Because sometimes mm. people say like, why y'all do so much positive content? Yeah, and then we're like, uh, they also don't understand what it takes to create content on this level. Mm. Yes. So, if you're not doing it, I'm not doing it for free. You know, I could go and be content lead at some mm. MNC mm, and earn, you yeah. know, mm. good money. Yeah. I, wh- why would I waste like, you know, uh, 80 hours a week to churn out content mm. for free, right? Mm. I think people need to have more empathy mm. to business owners and creatives as well. Mm. But I also have clients that after I paint the shoes that um, they tell me that I'm not going to use it. I'm going to... S- put it in my shelf and <laughs> admire it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of uh, one in a million, those kind of clients that yeah. I have. Yeah. But that's, that, that's like, it's like a highest compliment, really. Yeah, yeah it's the really highest compliment. Yeah. 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 I don't want to wear the shoe. I don't want to destroy the artwork. Let me like sing song. Yeah. And put it in yeah, so shelf. he really didn't wear and they just put it there. Wow. Yeah. Maybe you can pivot to that. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? Yeah. For me? Yeah. In what? In what? I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, is there people who appreciate? Yeah, yeah. You, you, are, you dance, right? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I think 
for I think for for performances or the performing arts in general, right? People are willing to pay for tickets, uh, but the price point of how much people w- are willing to pay is obviously very different. And we have this like that. There's this um kind of common like understanding which I am. I don't agree with, but there's a common understanding that um performing arts is kind of like an elitist. It's like only people who can pay would go and watch. That's why you have like Esplanade coming up with free shows, trying to make it more accessible for general audiences. Uh, but I myself and my my circle of friends, we're also trying to combat that that performing arts is not an not an elitist thing. Mm. Yeah. But I think it's also because like people who could pay for tickets would pay. And then people who can't pay for it, they're like, huh, I don't have the money. Ah yeah, this is this is rich rich shit, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that we're also struggling to kind of bridge that gap of understanding on our end. Mm. Yeah. Um but I think for us, for me when I when I create, I create for myself. So if I have an idea that I really want to manifest into like a movement or a piece, then that would be, it'll be for me. Mm. And then whoever watches it would then have a glimpse into my world at that time. I'm not creating it for the sake of like money because mm. I, f- I think that's a very toxic way to approach creativity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's my perspective. Yeah. Mm. I think maybe as a caveat, I'll say like, Money shouldn't be the only consideration. But mm. if you want to do it as a career, then mm. uh, it kind of has to be one of the considerations. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You need to pay the bills. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think there was, a saying, there was a saying that I came across that everyone's an, like, a creative is an artist until rent is due. Mm. Then, okay, you have to get real about what, what, mm. what, is, what you're putting for your table and stuff yeah. like that. I think there's a difference between uh, artists and a creative. I, I feel like... Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Let's say I draw, I don't know, let's say, let's say I do watercolour and I paint, you know, pictures of cats mm. in the neighbourhood I live. Mm. But they're not very good and they don't sell. Mm. I, I think I can still be an artist. Mm. But then, to be a creative usually involves someone paying for the stuff that you do. Mm. Like a designer is a creative. Yep. Because it involves making it your job, mm. right? I think once it's your job, you know, uh, there's still creati- creativity and involved, mm. but it's hard to be 100% an artist mindset. Because mm. artists just do what you want. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creativity, being a creative is about taking into account what other people want as well. Just like a profession. Uh, yeah. It was okay. So I think you can wear two hats, right? Like, mm. let's say when I paint my mm. cats, mm. I'm like, hey, don't say where I live. Okay, when I paint cats <laughs> in my life, when I paint, you already said that. No, 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 please answer it. Please answer it. Please answer it. Okay, when, when I paint cats in my neighborhood, right? I'm an artist. Mm. Then when I create comics online, mm. uh, about personal finance, mm. yeah, I am a uh, creative. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I've never thought about it that way. Because I've always thought artists and creative are like just interchangeable terms. But then how you say it makes makes more sense now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like me being a graphic designer for like almost like 20 years. Mm. I know how to draw the line between what they want and what I want. So usually for me, I'll just like uh, do the two designs you want. And the last proposal will be what I want. Mm. So it doesn't matter what you take, you know. I'll just <laughs> propose and then... I'm still in the safe safe zone. 
Mm. I think performing arts is very interesting because you have briefs. Like, for example, we have like, oh, it needs to be a three-minute piece and then it's this genre. But in to a certain degree also, right, if let's say I'm in charge of this creation and I'm the one choreographing it, what the what 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 the what the sponsor or the other person would see might not be what they think, mm. and then because we have absolute creative control at that point until someone sees it and then they go, oh I I actually you know then they, we make the edits from there. But I just yeah. I just interest I'm just very interested in the relationship between when someone comes in yeah. versus like in performing arts. It's very difficult for that person to come in if they mm. don't have prior knowledge about sure, what they're sure, talking sure. about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because then then it will be the case of like how who you who who are you to talk about these things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So last night as a copywriter, I think like the first, the first time I always give like my best effort, like what what I want, mm-hmm. what I think will be a good concept for mm. the client. Then after that, they say no. Then I try maybe try one or two times more. Then after that, like ah fuck it lah, we do it your way. Mm. And I think that is how it can be sustainable lah. Yeah, I know mm. that feeling. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I think now different for the world there, man, because now we have like a track record of uh, business and successful mm. collapse, right? We say like, this is how we want to do it and this is why we think it is the best way. Mm. You can, we will take your feedback because it's not, because you, you might be a bigger expert than us on this topic. Mm. But ultimately, it's our platform we decide whether we want to publish it or not. Mm. Yeah, and I think that helps in Doing the work you want to do, lah. Mm. So and maybe another advice to young creatives is to have, to get to a posi- get to that position, have a brand that you can own and make these decisions on. Mm. If not, you'll just be a faceless person with no negotiating power over the people who pay you. Mm. Yeah, I think also the currency as as a creative, like the currency of how someone views that values your work, right? Is also now very different. You need to have. Like for example, a branding, a presence, an yep. audience to yep. to back you up before mm. you can approach somebody and say, "Hey, I want to work with you." Right. Yep. So perhaps for yeah, perhaps for young emerging artists who may not have this like built up, mm. how would you? Maybe I w- I'm curious to hear how did you start that building process and what might you advise through mm. your experiences. I think for us, we just do. Uh, a lot of non-sponsored content in the beginning we just cr- do our best at creating content mm. and then once that had a track record we could say you know hey there's a the social proof of our content and you know we are not some randos coming up with ideas mm. so yeah so you should uh, trust us to some degree mm. and then we take it from there mm. I'm curious to also pick your brain about uh working not say working for free but it's more of the Okay, young artists go out, try to find job, but difficult to find job, yeah. right? So they may have to take jobs that is like earns pennies, for example. But they but their ego might not want that want to take it. Yeah. How would you advise this young creative? Oh, I think it really depends case to case. Sometimes people are just trying to like exploit you. Mm. Right. But sometimes is that uh you just don't have the the cred to be paid. I mean, that, that's just the unpleasant, yeah, yeah, yeah. unpleasant truth. Let's say I was a poly student and I want to write for a big magazine, right? Sometimes the editor might spend more time editing my work. It could, it could be more work for the editor, mm. right? Than me, than the person writing it themselves. 
So in that circumstance, I understand why sometimes uh, organizations don't want to pay. Because mm. I, I, not only I feature your work, I give you the exposure, mm. it's more work for me. Right? So sometimes, yeah, I, I will not be paying you. Mm, mm, yeah. mm, mm. Uh, but I understand the the unpleasantness la, of working for free. Mm. Uh, my take is that, of course, best case scenario, you'll be paid every single time. But sometimes it's worth getting... Uh, doing something free is something that you do uh, for a short while so that you get paid in the future. Mm. <laughs> if you work with someone long-term and you're not getting paid, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a, a huge problem. issue already. Yeah. <laughs> One time, two time, I'm okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mm. just want to get my work out there. Yeah. I just, just want to show people that I'm that I'm, I'm good at what I do. Mm. And I think there's nothing wrong with not getting paid. Mm. Yeah. I think the other thing is um, when I first started out, I also worked for free. and uh, But then it opened doors for me to other contexts. Mm. So it also really like depends on uh, what you want to do. So if you really can willing to work for free, but of course not like three months lah, no income or that. Yeah. But if you want to work for free just to know people, that that might work also. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's how I got into like uh, advertising because mm. I really like I think two weeks was enough for me until the art director told me, Hey, I can't keep on paying you nothing, you know. Why not I introduce you to someone else? That's where I went into yep. it. Yeah. It's, it's just an, op- an opportunity to demonstrate your skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. just, yeah, just be present. Sometimes, uh, you know, you let's say you book a venue to perform. Yeah. That needs money, right? You, you have to pay the, the yeah. fee, right? Mm. That is the, that's the mm. price of, mm. of you, getting, you getting seen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think lastly, uh, last question. In your own opinion, what role does art and creativity play in social changes? I think a huge role because a lot of the mechanics behind social changes mm. is very, 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 very hard to understand mm. for the average person. Mm. If it's if if like uh, bureaucrats or politicians have to use like the full technical uh, reasoning mm. or like the jargon, right? A lot of people will not understand. Mm. I think that because art and creative has the potential to make things more accessible and more relatable Mm -hmm. and because the foundation of a good society is a very well-informed citizenry Mm -hmm. I think the the role of uh, of art or creative work to create change that way is actually very very powerful although a bit underrated Think about it, like, if you write an academic paper, very long PhD paper, the audience of this paper, I don't know, less than less than 50, mm. over, over 10 years. But if you write, like, a very simple, easy-to-understand article, mm. maybe it reaches, like, 100,000 people. And I think art and creative work has a lot of potential for, for change, like. Uh, and it doesn't always need to be like deep pieces mm. like ours sometimes it can just be commentary right so I think yeah the artists and creators actually have a lot of power in their hands if they create work that is is meaningful and actually contributes to society mm. 
I think the trouble with a lot of creatives is that sometimes we don't take time to understand the bigger picture around us. Mm, mm. Hence, the perspective we provide is limited. So if you want to be an artist and if you want to enact social change, you must like unveil the curtain of like what is behind yeah, all the bigger this. Picture. Yeah. yeah. See the big picture. Yeah. Then I feel like and, and I'm not saying this, you know, whether as, as whether you're left leaning or right leaning. Mm. For for both sides, uh, mm. like it is important. I feel like you understand big picture, have an opinion, then you just boldly just go with it. I think mm. that's how I choose to live as a creative. Mm. Okay. Okay. So thank you for coming hey. to the podcast. Yes. Thank you. Uh you're welcome. Uh it has been it's been fun hanging out with my cousin and his friend. <laughs> <laughs> so uh see you guys in two weeks' time for the next episode. Right. Bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs>